Welcome everybody to Way of the Blade, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Schneider, author of Way of the Blade, 100 of the greatest bloody matches in professional wrestling history. And I am uh, thrilled to be joined by an old friend of mine, uh, Will Helmick, who uh, folks who have bought wrestling over the last 15 years will definitely know is the legendary uh, archivist and comp maker Good Helmet, who also has done audio and all kinds of different things over the years, and is, I think, semi-retired from the wrestling business, but I dragged him back out to come do a podcast with me, and we are talking about Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Buzz Sawyer from December 27, 1985, Houston Wrestling slash Mid-South Wrestling. Will, thanks for coming on, my friend. Hey, man, the, the key word there is old, friend, because <laughs> I feel old, Phil. None of us are, you know, uh, we, we're all on that sort of that downward slope, I think. Well, you know, like it, hopefully the slope is slow and, you know, it takes a long time to get to the end. But, I mean, yeah. I, you know, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely my, uh, my knees hurt more when I walk up and down the stairs than they ever did before. <laughs> Absolutely. And the last time we hung out about five years ago, Phil, I had 20-20 vision. And that is gone. That is, I can't see two feet in front of my face. Now. So, you know, I, I feel it. But no, I'm super happy to be here with you. I always have time for Phil Schneider. And people who've heard my podcast in the past, they know that no person has turned me on to more great wrestling than Phil Schneider. That's a fact. Undeniable. And that that's sort of what I you know that's my goal more than anything else. And you know through this book and through this podcast and through just the writing I've been doing for innumerable number of years, an uncountable number of years is you know to try to you know there's so much. One of the cool things about being a wrestling fan is there is so much uh, footage, and there are the sort of I you know canonical things that everybody knows are great and then there are the canonical things that real deep dive nerds know are great and then i my goal is to find the stuff that nobody knows is great and let people know that hey this thing this thing needs to be added to that list too right like you know it's not and this book you know has got magnum ta versus tully blanchard in it but it also has uh slim J and Corey hollis and yard call so it's like you've got, I, I tried to represent all the different quarters of everything, and my hope is if folks pick up the book and first listen to this podcast, they're going to be exposed to stuff that they would never find, be able to find otherwise. Um, well, well, before I disappeared off the internet, you and I used to actually do a podcast called Digging in the Crates, or D- Digging Through the Crates. What, what was the name of our show? I think thing? it was Digging in the Crates. Yeah, and and what, what did we do? Dug we, in the discussed wrestling matches that nobody else was talking about. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's my that's my favorite part of this whole thing is to really go ahead and, you know, I don't you know, I don't I, th- there's plenty of people who are given opinions on Raw or AEW or New Japan and I you know, I'm like, all right, you know, it was kind of cool this match from like some random promotion you've never heard of uh from 1994. Uh, watch this, <laughs> and this oh, match I think oh. is a little more well known than, than the real crate digging matches. This is, these guys are both pretty big stars. Absolutely, but, but I want to add to what you were just saying. It's not just some random promotion. It's also the promotions that are now owned. The footage is now owned by WWE that they keep locked up in a warehouse somewhere, not allowing everybody to see it unless you know you go search YouTube or Daily Motion or some other site. You know, right? You know. That's what we want to do: is say, "Hey, WWE does not have a, a lockdown on great footage. It's still out there. You can still find it. You know, you, you don't have to, you know, wait to decide if someone at the, the network or on Peacock is going to allow you to see it. No, you can find it. Yep. And the for folks uh, who are listening to this, there is a, a viewer guide on uh, a Way of the Blade viewer guide. And if you Google Way of the Blade viewer guide, that has basically links to all of the matches in the book that are linked. So on YouTube or or uh, on, on the stuff that's on the network is linked there too. Um, and then anything that isn't linked on that viewer guide, uh, my DMs are open. 
Uh, I am not hard to find, and I will get you surreptitious behind the uh, behind the schoolyard uh, pot deal style video clips of anything <laughs> that is not available publicly. I, I have it all. Obviously, I needed to watch it to write about it. So anything that and this match is on YouTube. This, this is not that hard to find. You can just either look at the viewer guide or just Google Buzz Sawyer Hacks on Jim Duggan and watch it. But the stuff that isn't there is all available if you just, you know, give me a shout out on a platform of your choosing. You know, a little sidetrack here. When you and I were in high school, the, the schools used to just rent out like, you know, security officers, right? They, they, you know, rent a cops. And now the schools have real cops in the school. So if you're smoking pot, you know, behind the bleachers somewhere the real cops chasing you now they're, they're not they're not upstairs. ridiculous you definitely not need real cops and this is a weird aside but my junior i was i was home uh visiting uh, uh the bay area briefly uh last week um and i was vi- saw uh walk by my old junior uh, junior high school willard junior high school in berkeley california and we had the most bizarre in hindsight group of like like conduct officers or security officers in the world so one of them uh was a like an oh but all american uh fullback at the university of california berkeley one of them was a ex-defensive lineman for the 49ers so he was so he's like six foot seven or something like that you know 300 pounds and then the third one was uh Grizzly Brown, who was a former world's strongest man and actually did some pro wrestling, was like apparently worked uh, the, you know, like the California uh, outlaw indies. And I think he, he told me he worked, I haven't never been able to find any footage of him as a wrestler, but apparently worked some in Memphis or some in like maybe outlaw Memphis promotions too, but was like a guy who was kind of built a little like Mark Henry um, and, you know, was one of, one of the world's strongest men. So we had like this absolute, like we had, we had you know, you want to talk about a six-man tag team if you ever wow. needed to get into something with the guys at my junior high school who were breaking up fights. I remember Grizzly Brown, and I, I showed up around the same time he did. I was seventh grade in his first year. And I remember the first fight he broke up and he like picked one of these kids up and like damn near threw him halfway across the schoolyard. I mean, in my mind, obviously, I visualize it almost like a cartoon thing where somebody throws, you know, where uh, the, the, you know, Wiley Coyote flies 500 feet into the air and slams into a mountain. I visualize it like that. I'm sure that's not what it was, but that was kind of how I remember it in my mind. <laughs> you know, my, my old high school was notorious for um, uh, other reasons. When I was in high school, we made the national news twice. One, for having the highest percentage of gang members, you know, per capita inside the school, okay? Because this was when the gang wars were really breaking out, the colors and all of that. And the other thing we made the, the, the national news on was having the most pregnant girls in a high school. Wow. But, but, but the, that second one didn't mean that, you know, a bunch of kids from my school were getting lucky what happened was we were the only school in the district that had a teen parenting center so parents from around the district would re-enroll their their daughters into our school for this program so it was actually almost so, like a positive thing right like that's actually something probably every yeah, school should absolutely. have but but they didn't present it like right. that like hey this program's helping kids adjust you know got knocked up no it was nothing like that and the, the third thing we're known for i don't know if you remember this happened maybe 10 12 years ago i think was when the uh kid uh, tackled the referee and then he ended up on oprah and he had a really bad like mullet i don't know if you remember <laughs> i that. don't think i do but that sounds pretty good <laughs> look it up kid uh high school football player tackles the referee <laughs> and, and that 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 and look at the memes with that, that kid and i'm sure he's a a fine um uh, contributor to society. Sure, sure. Probably absolutely work. Absolutely, the guy at the Jiffy Lube you want to go to if you need, if you need him to to take auto parts out the back of the uh, store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he was a little kid. <laughs> you look at him like, 
man, but he yeah, he tackled the referee. Anyway, let's get on to this match, Phil. I'm excited. Yeah, this is a great this is a great one. It's you know, I don't think this match has as much context as some of the other matches in the book. This match doesn't have a long layered feud. It was more of the thing like Buzz Sawyer was around. And if you've got Buzz Sawyer around and you've got Hacksaw Jim Duggan around, then folks want to see those guys fight. And they just did. Like, right. I don't think there was, like, I look sort of did some research of this. And I remember, obviously, we put together the Mid-South set and this match was on it. And I was like, well, what was the context? No real context. It's just like Duggan is going to get into a match, have a match with Buzz Sawyer. And there's going to be a DQ and a, f- a fight into the crowd. And then they just decide the hell with it. Let's put a dog collar on our necks. And beat the living crap out of each other, and this is uh, this is a hell of a match. It is. I had a podcast with our friend Chris Zellner where we talked about Buzz Sawyer, Tommy Rich, and and uh, you know we had sort of some, this kind of interesting conversation. I, I was probably more disappointed in that match than he was, and it's mainly because like this is the Buzz Sawyer you want to see in a brawl. It just the Buzz Sawyer where everything is on. Uh, Push to 11 like Spinal Tap, right? He comes forward, he's attacking, he's crazy. And then Duggan is like your perfect foil for that, right? Where he's also going to be like just, you know, pedal to the metal, intense, crazy, brawling, punching, bleeding. Well, well hold, hold on. Hold, hold on, Phil. I don't want you to get too much into the match because I want to rewind a little bit. Because you said that there wasn't much setup. But they had been brawling around the territory. Before, I mean, we even had house house right. show footage that showed these two spilling out of the ring, going into the back. Duggan's cussing on camera. He's calling him a. Uh, can we cuss on? Yeah, him? we cuss on him. Okay, he's calling Sawyer a motherfucker. Like no holds barred. Like something that I would have never believed. I would have seen from 1980s footage. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great match. You know, and so I think that. That they did have this little mini feud. Obviously, this feud isn't as known as the the DiBiase feud, but there was some buildup where, hey, these two brawlers can't contain themselves, and they're going to spill out of the ring. They're going to go to the to the you know the 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 backstage area. So we're going to keep them together by this big chain, and and I think that's some of the context. Yeah, and up. Buzz Sawyer especially is a, such a great dog collar. Russell, we don't have a ton of Buzz Sawyer dog collar matches on tape, but he is just excellent at the sort of geography of this type of match, like working cool spot. I mean, I love yes. a dog collar match. I am a dog collar match fan. Uh, One of my favorite Yeah, because it's just like, you know, it's this big-ass heavy chain. Everything looks like it hurts. You know what I mean? You're kind of forced to really work an intense action-packed match because you don't have distance, right? You can't stall. And, uh, and you know, you know, look, you get punched with a chain, that shit looks like it hurts. Well, l- l- let me ask you, Phil. Like, when we were kids and we rode bikes around the neighborhood, right? You'd have your bike chain, right? Yeah. No, not as big as the chains that these guys are using. But did you ever swing the bike chain and ac- accidentally hit your thigh or hit your elbow. With yeah, it. that shit really hurts. <laughs> Unfortunately, knock yourself in the head. It hurts. So there's no way in these chain matches, right, these dog collar matches, that you can get hit with that chain, even if if they're if they're not trying intentionally to hurt each other, you know, per se, and it not hurt. It's just going to hurt. So if you see a chain clothesline, if you see – Duggan dropped that elbow drop drop with the chain wrapped around his arm. Buzz Sawyer if, nutting Duggan with the chain. It's going to hurt no matter yeah. what. It's going and to hurt. And you also just and get the sense with these two. The loop, forget with about these it. two lunatics, I probably don't think they're trying that hard not to hurt the other guy. <laughs> True. I mean, they're probably not trying to injure anybody, but I don't get the sense that Buzz Sawyer is in there going, I want to make sure I, I'm light as a feather, so. Hacksaw Jim Duggan appreciates my professionalism. That doesn't feel like something that would be, that is uh, uh, consistent with what we know about either of these guys uh, throughout their careers or their personal lives. Like I'm sure that they were just saying, "All right, we'll just, you know, we'll just go." Yeah, and, and Buzz Sawyer, notoriously known as like one of the shittiest people in wrestling in the wrestling business, 
offers the train guys, takes their money, jumps to the next territory, you know. Um, and, you know, I don't like to speak ill of the dead, but whatever. You know, he was a piece of shit, yeah, right? Great wrestler. Wrestler, <laughs> a great wrestler. And, and Jim Duggan, and I can't emphasize this enough. When you and I were putting together footage for Mid-South, it was just shocking because we had grown up with Jim Duggan, the flag waving, board carrying, uh, co- comic book character from WWE. He was pretty bad. And he so, was pretty bad in the WWF. He was one of them. I mean, there's probably there's a probably a match or two that you can find that was okay, but for the most part, he was a guy who was incredible. And then when he got to the WWF, he was like, "All right, I'm you know working so many house just, shows, and I'm just gonna cash a check or whatever," and you know sell foam two by fours and, and you know yes well, but he put his, his time in here because I don't remember watching footage of Duggan in Mid-South in the UWF and ever thinking this guy's a bad wrestler everything was great One, dude let's talk about this because you and I were known Phil like amongst our circle of friends we love guys who can punch you and I have sat and watched matches where guys did nothing but punch each other in the face for 10 minutes. Okay. And love it. Happily, enthusiastically watch that. Yes. <laughs> Duggan, one of the greatest punchers, especially in this era. Yeah. Always throws a punch. And it really, it, it really looks heavy. Yes. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times, yep. a lot of really great punchers have punchers that have a lot of snap. Bobby Eaton's punch has a lot of snap to it. Duggan's punches yep. look heavy. They look like he's they like look, you just land and stay there, stuck to your face. Yeah, he looks like a guy with like you know like a Deontay Wilder or something like that, where it's just like you know not a lot, not the technique of a Jerry Lawler, but the heavy hands of a guy who's going to put you down with those punches. Uh, no, you and one hundred percent. You called him in your book a great power puncher, and that's what you have to keep in mind. Like every time he lands that blow, you feel like there's just this ton of power behind that blow, like an anvil. Yeah, and Sawyer too. I mean, Sawyer's punches, I think, are a little sharper, but also look like they really, you know, land with some with a thud. Absolutely. Well, let's be fair. Sawyer has shorter arms. You know, it's kind of short. That's true. He does have shorter arms. He's got to kind of stay on the inside. Duggan can work a little more on the outside. But yeah, there's Absolutely. a there's a the a fl- there's like a flurry. There's like Duggan does a Hulk up kind of in this match where he gets like yep. he gets hit in the chair and then he does like a like a like a multi punch combo flurry and then a jump punch. I mean, it's just great stuff. It's one of the better yep. combo punches, you know, like combination punching I can remember seeing in wrestling. You you know when I was watching this match, one of the things that came to mind. I'm getting off the punches a little bit here is that wrestlers in this era have to thank God that Duggan had better eyesight than Stan Hansen. <laughs> Duggan also has that very forceful clothesline. And if he was blind and he was just trying to take your head off, you could tell yes. this guy would take your head off. Thank God for good eyesight. For, you wouldn't look at Jim Duggan's eyes and think, hey, this guy can see. But he clearly sees better than Stan Hansen ever did. Yeah. He doesn't he may, may not be he's not breaking anybody's neck necessarily with these right these clotheslines and I mean it's kind of funny like I don't think he, it's it's he has such great punches in this match and it's like and I you know I don't think his WWF punches look very good I mean those very much looked very pulled I think he's probably just trying to appease the boss yeah you know? and I think I think it's it's what it's it's kind of a, he's at, that's a bummer. Right, because I think if he had ended up instead going to the NWA, um, I mean, he probably wouldn't have made as much money, and he wouldn't be as famous, uh, and probably wouldn't be able to uh, show up at wrestling conventions and sell as many uh, pictures. So his life probably wouldn't have been as good, but his career would have been better. And I, because I can imagine he would have. I mean, can you imagine how incredible like a Duggan as a baby face as part of like a you know a, you know a sting buddy in like 91 or something against the horsemen or or uh 
or as part of like the, that whole series, the war games of a, a, a dusty tag partner or something like that in the late 80s. How great that would have sure. been. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Because by the time no, he no. showed up and actually showed up in WCW, he was pretty, he was, he, he had had the, he had sort of figured out his, his, the way to make his fortune and was going to do, was very similar, had a very similar sort of, was WWF dug him in WCW when he got there. No, I, I agree 100%. I mean, I mean, we can fantasy book, right? Like, God, let's go back 30, 35 years and put these guys in different companies. But that's what happened. Or, 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 or keep right in the in the territories. Go to WWF. They get a character or a gimmick put, assigned to them, and then you know they're they're remembered forever, but not as great wrestlers. And Buzz Sawyer, you know, you also think the number of things that Buzz Sawyer could have been done if he could have done if he had hadn't been such a hadn't been such a bridge burner and also hadn't died so young. I mean, he died really young. Yeah. Um, when did he die? Do you know what year he died? I, I, we were talking about this is an answerable question. We were talking about this in the other pod. I think it was it was pretty. It was he was very young. He was in his early thirties uh, when he okay. died. He was like thirty one or something like that. Um, he died in ninety two. And, okay. and he was, yeah, was thirty two. Chris Zellner on the line for yeah. <laughs> Zellner. In my former my former life, I was a history teacher and. Uh, I used to say I was the worst history teacher ever because I couldn't remember dates or names. You know, kind of important when talking about history. You know, he was a. Uh, dive look at it was pulled up Buzz Sawyer's Wikipedia to uh, find out when he died. So ninety two, and he was only thirty two. So you know, he has a there is a Buzz Sawyer nineties career, right? There's a but that didn't happen. There's Buzz Sawyer in ECW. There's Buzz Sawyer, and you know, like in. WCW in the '90s having like really cool matches with Eddie Guerrero. I mean, there's the, the he, I mean, you know, could have. I don't know if he'd still be wrestling, but he certainly could. Well, I mean, he'd, he'd be Sting's age. Yeah, if you think about it. I mean, but yeah, he could have easily gone at least through the early 2000s, right? Sh- Shown up like uh, like Tracy Smothers would like IWA Mid South. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> working like working like USWA or something like that. Uh, but here's the what? interesting thing. Look at his Wikipedia. He was a state champion uh, wrestler, which I think we knew he had an amateur background, but he finished third uh, nationally in 1976, losing in the semifinals to the eventual uh, champion in the 191 national champ, state high school champion, the number 191-pound weight class, Dan Severn. And I really feel like a, a Dan, wow. like a rematch of that. And like you know, like in, in like a an armory or something like that for the NWA title around like that, how great would that have been ninety five oh, or something like that? Because I I have a lot I have a lot of time for Severn as a wrestler actually. It's it's, it's really great matches. Um, it was it was Shamrock who was in PWFG. Right? Shamrock was in PWFG. Yeah, Severn didn't really. Severn wrestled some of the UWFI, but you know was wrestling America a lot. You know, like on indie shows. There's an incredible, there's an incredible like two minute Dan Severn to Jerry match. If anybody's got two minutes and wants to look up Dan Severn to Jerry, it's really great. Well, well, I, I know we've seen Buzz Sawyer in New Japan, and and he had actually some really good matches in New Japan. So you could even see him going to Japan right after yeah. he burned his American bridges. Working for some of those Japanese groups. Yeah, he was part of that whole. He was when they brought in the Red Bull Army. Um, he yeah. was an he was an opponent. Because, I mean, part of the probably because he had that amateur background. He was in a he was a Red Bull Army opponent. So he had matches against uh, you know Hashimakov and Zangief and Berkovich and all those dudes. And uh, actually, so all those names I can't Yeah, all those guys. We've actually started uh, our our uh, our friend. Um, Lost for PWO has actually unearthed a bunch of Red Bull Army that hadn't really been out there before, and so so, so we've been starting to review some of that. We've reviewed, last couple of weeks on Segunda Caída, we've reviewed a couple of uh, Red Bull Army uh, five on fives, like one against a bunch, you know, like so it's like you know five those five, you know, they do in New Japan sometimes those five singles matches where it'll be like you know, and then the the winning team with the most wins. So there was a, we reviewed two weeks ago. We reviewed one against 
you know, Japanese guys, and then uh, uh, last week we did one against Americans, although not Buzz Sawyer, but uh, Daryl Peterson and, and Dr. Death and Bam Bam. Uh, so, keep it, wow, folks yeah. who aren't reading Saguna Kaida, like, uh, I think over the next little bit we're going to be really digging into the Red Bull Army, and I'm sure we'll get some really cool uh, Buzz Sawyer doing amateur takedowns on Waka Evolev or something like that. Man, what kind of tangent did we just go off this on? Side of, well, you know, you mentioned that you had just discovered that my podcast is on Spotify, but haven't listened to any of these. This is this is <laughs> this is par for the course, my friend. This is how it works. We start talking about Jim Duggan, right? And we end up talking about Wakoff Evolev, and that's just kind of how I roll, how I uh, how I do these things. <laughs> hey. Hey, so I want, I want to bring this back to the match, yeah. and it ties in with your book, Way of the Blade. Right? Well, you can tell so, you're a podcast professional, Well, You had to, did a lot of audio over the years. You're like, let's, everyone, let's bring this back to the match. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, because maybe you know the answer to this. Right? So I was re-watching this match, preparing for your podcast, and it's clear when Duggan starts bleeding. They, they go out to the outside, he gets rammed onto the railing, and then posted on the ring post. And then he's covered in blood. Buzz Sawyer, I can't tell when the blood starts flowing or, or what spot created the blood. Because if you look at it early on, his forehead just looks red, you know, and not not red like, um, you know, he's exerted a lot of energy, just red. Like, you know, you know, sometimes you bump your head and it gets sure. red. It just looks red. And then it, it looks a little bit darker red throughout the match. And then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, and I don't remember where in the match it happened. He's just covered in blood too. It's yeah, like I imagine the reds and red and bruises are just from catching a, a, a you know, a couple of links of a chain in your head through the course of actually it's, wrestling the match, right? It's like, you know, you guys are the chain is kind of swinging around there and it's gonna pop up and catch you if you're even if you're just whipping it, right? On Duggan. Um it's pretty it's pretty late in the match. I'm kinda of looking at the watching the video right now and you know, it's we're eight minutes in and he's not bleeding. Um but you can tell, right? His head's a little yeah, red. Yeah, looks bruised up. I mean, I imagine this is the kind of match that you wake up with, you know, like, with some pretty nasty bruising uh, over the course of it, right? You're just going to end up with, like, a bruises on your arm, bruises on your chest. And think about this, Phil. Because of the territory they were working, if they're working that around the horn, you know, and I don't know if they were, but if they were, you have to drive 300 miles <laughs> to each town. And then do it all over hmm. again the next day. It looks like Duggan <laughs> bites him. Okay. okay, it looks like Duggan bites him at one point, and that's where it kind of where, where it kind of goes. That that makes that makes sense because I knew it wasn't off of a blow. You right. know, like the Duggan one was obvious, but okay, that makes sense. And that's one of my favorite things in wrestling too is just when a guy, knowing what we know now, just decides to take a chunk out of a guy's head with your teeth. Yeah, like anytime someone's biting somebody. Attacking the cut, one of my favorite things in all of wrestling, uh, for sure. I, so I'm looking at it here. Um, I, there it looks like a, on cage match, they had uh, uh, looks like the couple days before this, they ran the dog collar match in New Orleans, and then they ran okay. the website you're at. Just for people who don't what's know, what's that? What's the website you're Cage looking at? Cage match. Cage match what? .net, I believe, is the uh, okay. is your good is your is your good results <laughs> thing. It's not perfect results, but that's a good place to check. Uh, Great resource. On uh, yeah, fre- frequent frequently these podcasts turn into just us looking at stuff on Cage Match. Going, oh man, why don't I have that on tape? Like there was a a Houston. <laughs> like here's this a, thousand match wish yeah, list. There's a Houston dog collar match. In March of 86, uh, between the two of them. So they had a rematch in Houston like three months later. Uh, oh, wow. During the... Uh, so I imagine that's really great, and I imagine Billy Corgan has it, and I imagine we, who knows if we'll ever see it. 
Uh, Man, you, you need to get Billy Corgan on this podcast. It's just, it's just, it's just going to be me screaming at him about the Houston footage. Look, motherfucker. <laughs> Release this. I mean, that, that's like I, 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 made a, I made a joke a couple podcasts ago that like this is basically a drinking game at the point for the Segunda Caída podcast. Is like, at what point does Phil start cursing Billy Corgan? And you know, like, what's the over under? Seventeen minutes in, Billy Phil is calling Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corgan a motherfucker for not releasing the Houston footage. So we know what's happening here. This is a Houston match. This got released before he, he uh, got his hands on all this stuff. But yeah, they had a rematch. So so I so basically, cage match was three dog collar matches between the two of the, uh, two of these guys. The one the day before and couple days before in um, New Orleans, then one in Houston, and then one again in Houston in March that I imagine are already okay. And they actually ran some I Quit matches a little later in March. Uh, and you can only imagine that those are just as bloody. Oh my god. <laughs> just yeah, as tape fist, they ran tape fist matches. Because they had a little feud where like Duggan, remember, won the UWF North American title from Buzz Sawyer when Sawyer was a replacement for Dick Slater. So they had a little more of an angle-heavy feud after this match, right? Like where? Well, well, but, but hold on. So for for a little history here, if you remember, they started phasing Buzz Sawyer's importance out. Like he was getting actively beat on TV, especially when they made the switch from Mid South to UWF official. He was getting beat on TV in like four minutes, right. five minutes. Do you remember that? Like that brief period where he was. Enhancement talent, almost right. I think that was a little later after this, after this sort of second okay. Duggan feud, where they had this sort of feud okay. in, in 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 December, and then they kind of ran it back in March as part of the Duggan Slater feud. But that was when Got they had the it. I Quit okay. matches. That's when they had a taped fist match in Alexandria, Louisiana. Uh, that's where they had the a Lafayette I Quit match and a New Orleans I Quit match. I bet those were just. Incredible. Incredible. Hey, and, and and I read this in your book, and, and I thought it was one of the greatest things I've read. <laughs> Dick's Dirty Dick Slater, one of the grossest nicknames ever in wrestling. Yes. <laughs> Un, unclear why, uh, uh, what, uh, what, what he was thinking, but you know, there's a lot of choices. I mean, I had Steve Card on, and there's some. You kind of wonder what the context of those those. Uh, those, for, for example, those fabulous ones videos look very different with 2021 eyes than I imagine they did in 86 eyes. And maybe Dirty Dick was less obvious a uh, gross pun then, but probably not. Probably not. You know, like, I mean, he could have been Tricky Dick Slater, yeah. right? Just playing off the Nixon thing, yeah. you know? But no, he, he, he chose Dirty for he a reason. He chose Dirty for a reason. I don't know. It feels like, you know, in 80s, one of the sort of uh, I don't know if Perks is right. Word of '80s wrestling is sort of this access to young, pretty female fans, right? This is kind of the pre yes. Me Too, pre speaking out. It feels like you'd have more trouble pulling rats with a nickname like Dirty Deck, right? Like if you're in the back of the mid you're at the <laughs> bar after the mid show, all the wrestlers are there, the girls are thinking, "Oh, this is my chance to get with a TV star." I don't know about Dirty Dick, though. I would stay away from Dirty Dick. Yeah. <laughs> stay away I don't, from that I don't one. need another yeast infection <laughs> for, a, for spending some time with Dirty Dick. Um, right. So one of the other things I just did on, on Cage Match, which I love, uh, you know, uh, not the match ratings on Cage Match I do not love, but the it's resource of it I love. I looked up Dog Collar under Buzz Sawyer's, okay. uh, Buzz Sawyer's, uh, like, uh, Match list. So these are, they have nine dog collar matches list for Buzz Sawyer, which seems really low. And maybe it, it has to be has low. To be low. There has to be missed. But also, like, it just feels like, you know, these would be the big ones. It feels like he's a guy who should have had more dog collar matches as few because he's so good at them. Um, well, well, hold, hold on, hold on. So, you know, back in the 80s, and I'm sure in the 70s, remember, Guys, when there was a gimmick match, were the king of that gimmick. Like, Buzz Sawyer was the king of the dog collar match. Mad dog Buzz Sawyer. So when he put on that dog collar, it's like, that's why in your book you said that, you know, the, the feud, uh, you know, uh, built up to this final match or, you know, whatever. It, it wasn't the final match because we, we know it happened in March. But if that's your gimmick match, 
Andre the Giant, King of the Battle Royal, right? If that's your gimmick match, you win your gimmick match. Other people can't beat you when you put on that dog collar or Wahoo McDaniel when you're in that Indian strap. Yeah, match. although look at it, you can't Buzz Sawyer 50. In their own match. He's about 500 in the dog collar matches. So, I mean, he probably should have, he probably shouldn't have laid down. I mean, so, his first, he had a dog collar steel cage against Roddy Piper in '83. Uh, 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 yeah, I'm uh, August '83. Is, is that on video? No, of course it's not. I mean, you what, what, I mean, if it was, we would have been talking about. We'd be talking about that fucking match, right? Another dog collar match against Roddy Piper um, in Ohio. The dog collar steel cage is in the Omni, so it might be on. It might be in the uh, in the WWF archives. Um, he, he had a Chattanooga dog collar match against Paz Watley. He had a Florida dog collar match as part of to, as uh, uh, against Tommy Rich, but he lost both the Ronnie Piper ones. Lost the Tommy Rich one. He had a dog collar match in Florida against Mike Graham. He had these two the dog two dog collar matches, uh, the three dog collar matches we mentioned against Duggan, and then one against Butch Reed. So those are the dog collar matches. Okay. So so maybe if if you lose your 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 match, it's because you're you're the heel, yeah. and the baby face beat you at your own game. That has to be the logic, yeah. right? Because that that that's what everyone says. You know, even in their promos when they were you know speaking, it was always this is my match. You can't beat me in my match. You know, free bird rules matches, whatever, whatever the the stipulation was. Like if you had a stipulation attached to your name. <laughs> You weren't going to lose that, or you're the king of that. You're the expert yeah. in that. So, but it's interesting. I mean, if you did this, I did the same search for Wahoos. We talked about Wahoo. You know, they have list. They yeah. have 95 listed Indian strap matches on Cage Match for Wahoo McDaniel, right? So it's like, yeah, I mean, he had a much longer career than Buzz Sawyer. But it's funny that I that Sawyer didn't go to the dog collar nearly as much as Wahoo went to the strap. Maybe right. close to as many times. Okay. Oh, by the way, if you ever want to get really frustrated, you know, which is go look at the list no, of don't, don't do it to two McDaniel Indian strap matches that we don't know. God damn, <laughs> some of these mother. Don't tell. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I, I can't take it because you know when I was finding footage and and people would even reach out to me offering footage so you know we could compile the compilations that we could compile. You find all of these hidden gems, right? Or these matches that you know just going through hours and hours of footage. Phil, you were right there with sure. just going through these footages. Something, um, I, can't, I, something I don't think I could do when, uh, with, with two, two small kids. That was, a, that was a single man, a single man uh, endeavor for me that like, all right. No, 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 no. That's what kept me sane when I was married <laughs> and had three kids running around. That's that's how you stay sane. <laughs> you know, now, now, that, now that I'm single... I don't even want to mess with any of that stuff. That's part of age, yes. too. When you're younger, you know, you, you got married later in life, yeah. right? I got married early, man. <laughs> you know, it was all old hat. It was easy. It's like you have more energy when you're younger. When you're older, you're like, man, I've already lived half of my life. Like, I got limited time. I can't comb through hours and hours of bad matches anymore looking for that gym. I'm just going to have Phil tell me what match <laughs> I have to watch and then go watch yeah. it. <laughs> that's that's the rule now. You know, I don't have time, you know, because like I said, my time is limited. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am on the downward peak of life here, man. I mean, you know, because look, I'd be 100 and I'm not going to live to 100. There's no way. <laughs> you know, like, I'm on the other side. <laughs> so, I same thing with music. I listen to music I like because I don't have time to go through you know, music I don't like just to say I've heard it because my time is limited. And so, you know, don't tell me about all of these great matches we're never going to see because I'm going to be frustrated that I can't look through footage, you know, in tons of shows just to find these hidden How, how, how do you think this Wahoo McDaniel versus Killer Carl Cox match in Australia 1972 was? Man, that, I mean, that was pretty good. 1972, Australia, Western Australia, probably in the middle of like the goddamn <laughs> outback and uh, something. And, uh, yeah. Throw, throw, throw some poisonous spiders in the yeah, match, seriously. too, just for the hell of it. I bet, oh, I bet the, he had a, he had a handful of Johnny uh, Valentine strap matches. I bet those were pretty good. And a fuck ton of Greg Valentine ones. They were great. Like wrestle Greg Valentine all the time. All right, it's right. No, all, all of that sounds amazing. That's right up our alley. 
just like this Mid-South match. They're all matches where you're not going to see a lot of wrestling moves. It's two guys punching, throwing clotheslines, using the chain liberally. Yeah, you right? might get, you might get a body up. slam. You What's might that? get a body slam, but that's basically going to be it, right? That's it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Irish whip, so you can use the chain as a clothesline, yeah. you know? Yeah, that, that's about it. And I'm perfectly fine with that. That's that's the greatest thing. Hey, going back to your book here, so 100 matches, how much hepatitis is contained in the pages of oh the book? Oh, my God. That's why I imagine? Want... Especially we're talking you about know? stuff like this back then. Holy hell. I mean, that's just, yeah. or like, you know, stuff in Puerto Rico, just the staff infections, right? If you look at the ring, some of these rigs, just the number of. Doug, Duggan's infamous for having like a famous staff of infection that took him out. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine these guys didn't get staff infections constantly. I still right. can't, but it still doesn't make any, any sense why, you know, you go, you know, these guys are working, you know, uh, you know, ICW no holds barred or GCW or stuff like that. Oh, those guys not get staff infections constantly. You know, you're hitting each other with, uh, you know, sticking each other with syringes and hitting each other with glass light tubes uh, and stuff uh, like uh, that. Uh, like, uh, that's beyond me, man. That's beyond me. I mean, but look, in your book, how many other dog collar matches are in the book besides the famous Piper versus Valentine? Just this one. Okay, so th- those are the those two, are the right? Two, and- yeah. Because Piper versus Valentine with 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 the bloody ear, that's an all time classic. Yeah, and 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 I'm guessing that if people are listening to your podcast, they've seen that. Yeah, match. that's a- this one they have to look for maybe, but they've seen that one. This one is not that match. Right. This like, is a, that- this is not an all time classic. This is a twelve minute slice of two guys beating the shit out of each other to really enjoy it. Yes. Right, this is what you know, like this is I mean in some ways Piper, in the context of bloody wrestling matches, Piper Valentine is like a like a tasting menu at a, the French laundry. And this is like a really, really delicious roadside burger. Right? They're both incredible dining experiences, but different. Yeah. Yeah, this this is the taco truck by the gas right. station. That's got the absolutely yeah. amazing uh, uh, carne asada, right? Like, yeah, how did yeah. they even do this? How many? How long has this been simmering? Uh, now I'm now I'm hungry for lunch, yeah, Phil. Thanks. Kind of hungry too. God, but but seriously though, I it's it's a match. It's a it's a a matchup even right. Duggan versus Sawyer. That people who like blood, people who like brawls. People who like chains, they need to go out of their way to see this. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody. I can. I don't think this would be a, deci- uh, a divisive match. Like I just can't right. imagine anyone who likes wrestling watching this match and going, "This didn't do it for me." But there are plenty of great wrestling matches I like a lot. Great matches in this book, which I could understand that aren't going to connect with everybody who watched. You know, something like uh, uh, Fujiwara Takada. Right, which is, I adore is one of my favorite matches, you know, maybe ever. But you know, it's not time. Fujiwara Yamazaki, excuse me, isn't for everyone that kind of style. You know, some of the lucha I don't think connects with everybody. Some of the, you know, really, you know, why? But something like this, I mean, this is just this is just wrestling. And, you know, really, you know, at at its core, what makes it great. So I can't. Well, well, I I would say this: as long as people can get that ideal or, or that stereotype of Jim Duggan Patriot from WWF out of their head. As long as they don't look at them with those eyes. <laughs> you, think, you think people are going to be like, why is he waving the flag? <laughs> why is he giving me a thumbs up? He was a cartoon character. Right, so, sure. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's what literally, I'm right? Wasn't he in the bad wrestler in WWF? I mean, literally, right? He, I think he was in the in the uh, part of the Hogan cartoon, wasn't he? I don't know if he was there. If he was, it was late because the cartoon, I think, came out before he was even. Oh, okay. Well, again, this is an answerable question. As the beauty of having the internet, I can see the characters in the Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling. Um, I mean, Tito, Jimmy Snuka, Piper. Um, Hillbilly, Iron Hillbilly Jim, yeah, no, no Duggan. I think yeah. I may have been confusing yeah. Duggan with Hillbilly Jim. If the if the cartoon came out in 1988, guaranteed he would have been. Yes, hundred percent. 
Yeah, yeah. So, but it came out in I think '85, right? '85, maybe early '86. Yeah, '85. It aired in '85 and '86. Yeah, I know because I was watching it when I was a kid. Sure. <laughs> you know, had to make sure I saw rock and wrestling every every Saturday. No, and this is not a cartoon match. Don't expect a cartoon mm. character watching this match. And I'm guessing don't expect cartoons when watching any match. That's disgusting. That's being discussed in your book. Well, I so I have Slaughter Iron Cheek in here, uh, which I think would be the closest, right? Because that is that very maximalist, you know, big, big sort of uh, st- uh, strokes WWF match. So that would be the closest, right? If that was kind of if you were looking for something like this, a childhood WWF nostalgia match, I think that would be the closest. It's a great match. I mean, you know, there's something sometimes you want to watch a big blockbuster. So that would be the closest, right? But otherwise, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even then, that was right on the edge. Hogan had already won the belt, but they were still pre Cindy Lauper, right. pre Goonies, you know, with Captain Lou Albano. Like, all of that stuff happened after Slaughter Yeah, but the WWF always had that kind of, you know, play to the very back of Madison Square Garden kind of in-ring style, right? Bruno and Hogan had a very similar wrestling style in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple of Bruno matches in the book, too. Those are very, like, big, broad strokes, maximalist matches. Have some time for them for so, sure, but but I but I think that you know they aren't as they're not Black Terry Wotan, you know what I mean? They're not like they're they're not small. They're 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 arena rock stuff versus you right. know uh, this is this isn't arena rock. This is blues club. You know what I mean? That's it. No, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Or or like the the honky tonk bar that's selling beer for eighty nine cents a bar. Right, perfect, man. That's what. Then you 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 throw your eleven cents in the tip jar. The bartender looks at you like you're a piece of trash. Yeah, that's what that's what this match is, right? This is this is what these this is this is what happens at, at one in the morning in the bar when when uh, some guy bumps into a guy and spills his beer. Duggan. Hey, speaking of speaking of bars, so so look, you made a great point in your book. Okay, you you said. They could have picked up this fight in the entryway or in the back or in a bar later on in the night. Like, like that's what this reminds you of, right? Like, okay, Sawyer got over by hitting Duggan with the chair shot that knocked him out to win the match, right? But once Duggan comes through, it wasn't like Sawyer was dominating and, and punishing Duggan throughout the match. Duggan was the one punishing Sawyer right. throughout the match. He was able to kind of steal one a little bit. That's it. Duggan comes to shakes off the chair, chair shot. It says, where is that son of a bitch? I'm going to get him. Goes to the back, finds him in the locker room, you know, trying to swindle some young wrestlers <laughs> back get some training. And, and then after uh, Big Bill Watts comes and helps break up the fight, they both go to a bar later on. Heels on one side, faces on the other. Duggan's uh, sipping that beer, nursing that chair shot, looking at Sawyer. Sawyer's on the other side making fun of him because he got over. And then all of a sudden, the peanuts go flying off the bar. The, the bar stools start going from one side of the bar to the other. And then the fight's on again. That's what this kind of gives you the, the, the feeling of. Am I wrong No, that? 100%. And, like, you know, that, that kind of, uh, you know, I I don't – that kind of bar fight wrestling is great wrestling, right? I, there's something really – you know, I, I've – I. It, I'm not saying I am certainly long past that point in my life, but you know, there's been there's been a couple of overturned bar stools in my day, and there's something there's something kind of kinetic about that kind of thing. Where it's like, all right, let's go. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. I was a bartender at a nightclub for three years. Okay, and I, then later on, a bartender in a, a sports bar and hotels or whatever. You know, getting through college. But when I was a bartender in a nightclub, I was never part of the bar fight. I was on the other side of the bar. You know, I was just. I was a, a little observer, you know, popping beers and, and, you know, cleaning glasses, just watching. 
right? <laughs> you know, drunks in the melee. Yeah, I DJ. I DJed for many years as well. Same sort of thing. We're just like, okay, but yeah, something like us. I mean, how excited would you be if I mean you'd be a little irritated because you're gonna have to clean up a bunch of broken glass afterwards. But if you saw a guy looking like Jim Duggan and a guy looking like Buzz Sawyer square it off at a bar at one in the morning, you'd be like, all right. Let me. And, let and me. What bouncer? What bouncer is going to get between no, those two? No, he's just like, all right. Eventually, they'll they'll tire each other out, and I can probably, you know, hustle them out the back after this whole thing slows down okay. a little bit. But it's definitely going to be. Uh, uh, I'm definitely going to need to let them punch each other out a couple a little bit. Hey, when when you when you were working in the bars, did you ever have any fights that were so bad that? The, the the place just shut down like that's it night's over I, you know we had some pretty we had some pr- happened a few times in the nightclub where you know brawls broke out so bad where it was just you turn off the music you tell everybody to leave safely so that they can um get a whole situation cops come rushing in yeah i don't think we ever had we never had cop we never had a cop we never had cops have to come and break it up usually the we had some pretty good bouncers who were able to it's pretty big pretty like uh you know like um, bouncer, uh, tough DC black guys who can clean out a bunch kind of, of like your junior high dream team. Yeah, exactly. We had some guys like that. You know, like they, they, I was a karaoke bar, so it was like a, a lot of like White Hill staffers. And usually, if you're going to be, if if the if like the you know southeast uh, uh, DC bouncer who was on parole says you cleared out, usually people let discretion be the better part of valor in that situation. Hey, hey uh, there was something I read. It was. I found it hilarious. I'm not trying to offend anybody, but it's basically poor people fight with their fists, uh, middle class fight with words, and the rich fight with lawyers. Yes, you know, so <laughs> definitely. Uh, so uh, yeah, or, or or they go quickly from fists to words to lawyers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or, or words to fists to lawyers. Right? Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, they. Uh, I'm trying to. So I never had to shut it down. I remember the one time I was uh, there was a big street street ball broke out. On, uh, it was um, on it, on on the street. It was on the, in Adamsburg. It was the neighborhood in DC I used to bar that at. And I remember seeing somebody pick up like a giant like I think it was a giant limb of a tree. Like a, like a maybe like a, like a huge limb of a tree, like a five to seven foot limb of a tree, and just oh goes God. running down the street, maybe a hundred yard dash. And I was sitting there watching this motherfucker sprinting with this tree limb, and he just absolutely full speed, sw- you know. Harmon Killebrew swings this tree branch, and it's up the back of some guy's head and back. I was like, oh, why? This is before the cell phone days, or this would have been like a a viral video clip uh, of this guy. Like, just because it was like you had, because it was, he's running for so long that you really had the opportunity to to see, like, you know, really anticipate where this was going, right? Like, it was like, just watch him chug down the 17th Street, run, 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 run. It's like, he's really got that tray, man. Is he going to? Hit somebody with that uh, tree? Oh, he did! <laughs> <laughs> hey, going back to my high school, and, and, and we're keeping it related to Jim Duggan here because it involves a two-by-four. <laughs> so when I was in high school, this is when we had the drive-by shootings. Like It was kind of like on a nightly basis or a weekly basis where you'd hear like, you know, a house on the north side just got a drive-by shooting. Uh, one person was injured. You know, those kind of news reports. And my best friend's girlfriend's house got shot up because they shot the wrong house. They shot. They were trying to hit the gangbanger that lived next door, but they they hit the wrong house. Jesus. And her, um, his girlfriend, um, her o- older brother, you know, he was already out of high school, but he was uh, just talking, word of mouth, talking around the neighborhood, talking to people he knew, you know, and found out who shot up the house. Well, he goes to our high school that has one rent-a-cop for the whole high school, right? One, you know, that guy's on the other side of school, school day lets out. Um, the, the kid who shot up the house is walking out of school. This guy jumps out of a car with a two by four and beats the shit out of the guy who shot the house with the two by four. Let, laid him in a bloody mess. I'm walking out of the school 
looking at this guy just kind of like choking on his own blood. It was so disgusting, oh. you know, <laughs> with a two by four. Did you have, did you, know? you do the thumbs up? No, did you no, do man, the, I was, I'm out, right? USA, USA. No, none of that. It was, but it was just like, you know, you never know what's going to set off people. That's kind of why I love this match, right? Is that you have the scum of the earth in Buzz Sawyer, okay? In real life and on screen. And then you have this guy who Bill Watts and Paul Bosch always said was a, a, a true patriot, a proud American. Obviously, they go through his football credentials and wrestling credentials, right? And you have that where Buzz Sawyer's winning the match, but Jim Duggan's the one inflicting most of the punishment. Right. Okay? And that's kind of what I thought about with this guy hitting the other guy at the two-by-four. Yeah, you shot up my house, but I'm going to be the one to inflict this punishment <laughs> with Jim Duggan's gimmick. Right. <laughs> it was the craziest thing, <laughs> Like, like, I'm this little uh, scared military brat, right? Real thin at the time, just looking like, man, I don't want to be a part of any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the story until later, until my best friend told me the story, you know, because the guy wore a mask and he was in gang colors. So they wouldn't know who it was. They just thought it was like a rival gang member, you know? Oh, really? So, well, that was it. I mean, it's San Antonio. Was it, was it like a Santo mask? <laughs> no, not a lucha mask. It was like a ski mask. Okay. Man. But, you know, back then it was all about red and blue, sure. right? You know? And, like, gangs across the country all adopted those L.A. colors, you know? And, and you had, you know, the, the gangster rap stories. You had N.W.A., you know, like, just in full force, too short, you know? Like, all of that stuff. Colors, the movie had just come out. So Ice-T's rapping about colors. Like, all of that stuff was happening at the time. Like, you just felt... Well, when I was in high school, you felt the world change from the 80s neon, right? Yeah. Everyone's in bright colors, dressed like Sting and the Steiners, who continue to have that style way past its expiration. Sure. But whatever, no judgment. You felt it during that time change from that to gangsta. Yeah. <laughs> like overnight, national news story. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, man, we're living in a different time. I remember um, it was my junior high school. Uh, I think it was a, it was either seventh grade or eighth grade. Um, they, or I know, they decided for mo some teacher for movie night showed colors, which is like, in hindsight, psychotic, right? What in God's sake? What, what are you thinking? That movie's got, you know, is, for one thing, is very insane. Very, very violent, right? Extremely violent. Um, there's lots of nudity, right? Like drugs. I mean, as, you know, as many inappropriate things you can have in the movie. And I just remember that what happened after they showed this movie, and this had to be predictable, is that every kid in blue. Uh, was running around punching every kid who happened to wear red and vice versa all day. So not oh, like crap. not bloods and crips because these were like 11 year olds, but like, you know, this kid just happened to have a blue shirt on. <laughs> you know, like, and that was how y'all entertained yourself. Yeah, that's how we entertained ourselves in the school. But we did the school, we showed colors, and the rest of the day, every kid who happened to wear like a, you know, a St. Louis Cardinals shirt was getting, oh uh, getting sucker punched by some kid in the. Well, With a Toronto Blue Jays, Blue Jays hat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know when I was uh, teaching in my former life, we had a world history teacher get fired for showing 300 in their class. Like, are you stupid? <laughs> Why are you watching 300? <laughs> Babies getting thrown off cliffs, gratuitous sex scenes. Like, no, you can't show it. Use some common sense, people. Yes. You I know? mean, colors is worse. 300 is pretty bad, too. <laughs> no, c colors is worse. Trust me. That, that's that, Well, it's worse because of even the, the age group, right? Middle school kids. Yeah, middle school kids. Hey, this is how you become a gangster kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look. <laughs> so, surprised you didn't pass out the lyrics to uh, Ice T's theme song. Uh, we, uh, we all knew it. <laughs> we didn't need to, everybody knew the lyrics. We didn't need to have anything passed out. This is. Uh, <laughs> God, that's insane, man. I, I don't see Phil. This is this is why I love talking to you. I don't know how we got on gang colors and, 
<laughs> all of this stuff from an old school Southern chain match. Yeah. How did we do that? It's all the, you it's know? all the, it's all, it's all the same uh, uh, intensity, right? <laughs> people, yeah. people have a have a, a an attraction to the extreme, <laughs> and that would that whether that's color. I saw Jim Duggan and Buzz Sawyer. It's all kind of the same uh, uh, shades of the same uh, palette. I, I no, suppose. Yeah. It's violence. Yes. That's what it is. That's it's violence. What it is. That's it's really violence. What, you know, and if I would probably be I like a, in my wrestling. It's violence. I probably would be a healthier person if this wasn't something that I, uh, I was uh, so attracted to and had uh, uh, em- uh, emphasized uh, uh, with so much. Probably better for me. This wasn't something I liked, but you know it is what it is. So everyone, uh, the book is available on Amazon uh, for order right now. So if you haven't picked up the Way of the Blade and you find this kind of stuff <laughs> interesting, please, uh, please uh, go grab the book. Will I don't think you have anything to plug anymore, right? You are plugless, I, I don't, man. I'm, I'm out of the game. Um, I will say this though: if you do buy the book, and I bought it the first week it was out. You will not get hepatitis by touching the pages. That is a guarantee. I will. I this book will not give you hepatitis. It'll give you, it'll give it'll give you the feeling of hepatitis without actually getting <laughs> hepatitis. Just but, looking at that cover, man, the <laughs> artist with the bruise and battered funk with his eyes swollen shut, with blood just dripping Chris, down. Chris Bryan, Chris Bryan, man, that guy is a guy is a has an eye for this whole thing. Uh, the art of that, yeah, I have, love it. The art of that book is out of control. Uh, I, so, yeah, I, I do want to say something before we walk away, and this is just what you and I do, right, Phil? Like, you know, we say goodbye and then we talk for ten minutes more. Right? Sure. But I, I do want to say that when you actually look at the picture of this match in the book, okay, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the page right now. All right, because it's early in the book. Hold on. I'm, I'm flipping pages, Phil, because where is it at? But I'm going to tell everybody the page that this is on. It's on page 90, okay? And it has Buzz Sawyer on the ground looking up with his bloody head, and Hacksaw is standing proud, and he has his head turned with half his face covered in blood, and he's pulling the chain, okay? But to me, the coolest vision. In the entire match, the coolest camera shot, whatever you want to call it, was Buzz Sawyer's trying to run away from Duggan. It's earlier in the match. And Duggan is already covered in blood. Sawyer is not covered in blood yet. And then Duggan pulls on the chain. And before uh, Sawyer can get off of the, the ring apron, Duggan pulls him back and starts choking him with the chain and the top oh, yes. ring book. And Tommy Young is actually trying to release, get Duggan to release his grip. Duggan's like, nope. But it was one of the coolest visuals in the match. And so when I was watching the match, I was like, oh, God, I hope that the artist drew that visual. But he did a smart choice because by the time both guys are covered in blood, that moment had already passed. So on page 90, you get this image of both guys in blood, and you can clearly see the chain you know, as Duggan's in control. So I, I think I think he did the right thing. Even though my personal favorite visual was that moment where Duggan is is choking Sawyer on the top yeah. rope with the chain. That was the coolest. So I just wanted yeah, to throw it's, that it's out a, there. It's a really it's visually striking match. Lots of really kind of I mean, very old school. Now these aren't four HD cameras, but they, I think it kind of really adds to the hey. grittiness of the whole thing by having it kind of look a little. Hey, one more thing. You know, Duggan always wore the white boots and the white knee pads, right? You know, white. T- Could you imagine if he wore oh, white God. trunks in these yes. types of matches? Look, like he, look, yeah. <laughs> look like he, yeah, look, look like he, somebody right? shot I mean, him in the. It would look like somebody shot him in the deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because well, no, seriously. Because in Big South, he always wore the, the the black trunks, and then in WWF and and onwards, he always wore the blue trunks. But back then, white boots, white knee pads. And black trunks, man. If he had only worn white trunks yeah. in these type of bloodbaths, or even the DiBiase bloodbaths, like just what a huge difference in visual to me. Because Duggan wasn't afraid to bleed, 
throughout his time in Mid-South. Ever. No. Yeah, the, 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 the DiBiase match was a real oversight uh, on my part. That really should have been in this book. Um, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have the tuxedo match in the book? Did, for whatever reason. It's just like, you know, I, I overlooked oh. it. or Oh, it's the number one match at Mid-South, voted on by the members of the DBDBR message. Board. It is. Look, I had to save something for, for uh, the sequel, right? Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Way of the Blade 2. Way of the Blade 2 has got to have something, you know, got to have some. Way of the Blade 2, any way you slice it, right? (laughs) Any way you slice it, I love it. That's the the title for the second 200 matches. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that wasn't in there. I'm I'm crushed, Phil. uh, You know, Dean already uh, tore me a new one for not having. Chigusa and the guy who dumped Matsumoto in there too. There's definitely some oh, oversights. I can't believe. <laughs> Look, I got I to keep people on the hook for for future projects. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, you slice it. I'm 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 all in. All right, everyone. We will be back next. Thanks, Will, again for coming on, my friend. This is a this was great. Anytime. We will uh, be back next week with another episode of Way of the Blade.